I've always thought to myself, I don't ever want to be on my deathbed and say, I wish I would have. I don't want to have regret. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Hey, it's Jody, And this is Lynn. And today we are talking with someone who is very, very, very special to me. This woman is someone that I have looked up to and deeply admired for almost 20 years. She's been a role model and an inspiration for me because she is an effing badass <laughs> with a capital B. Um, I worked with her at WHO TV in Des Moines um, for almost 12 years. We were TV anchors and reporters there together. And during that time, she started training for Ironmans, those crazy endurance races where people lose control of their bowels after (laughs) like doing a two and a half mile open water swim and then a 112 mile bike ride. And then they wrap it up by running a marathon. And now it feels like she's doing those things almost every day. Um, So I worship the ground that her stilettos walk on. She is none other than one of my dearest friends, Sonia Height Susan. Sonia, welcome to We Do This For Fun. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> that is so nice of you. Oh my, it's so good to see you because like we were just saying, we have not spoken to each other for at way least too long. Yeah, at least a year or more. It's, so it's terrible. So Thanks for having me. Um, but I wanted to start with, first of all, saying, Sonia, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for being here. I am like um, a little nervous because I am sitting here with two like actual professionals, media professionals, oh, no. and then here's me. So oh, you ask the uh, best questions. Jody yes. asks the best organic in the moment, non-scripted questions. And that is just your gift. And you're, she's so good at it. So stop selling yourself oh, my short, gosh. Okay. my friend. Thank you. But so, okay. So I'd like to move back to this Iron Man business. Um, because I have done a half iron and, um, it was really, really hard, especially that run at the end. And, um, I would really like to understand the, um, the ability of a human being who has done, um, not just one, but many of these sort of endurance races. And what is it about it? How did you get started? Why did you decide to try it? What possessed you to want to do this? And yeah, and what was kind of the trajectory of getting to that point too? Because a lot of times people just don't know where to start. Like what was your, you know, your venture into it? So I I ran my first marathon in, I think it was 1998, 1999. It was the San Diego Marathon. And that kind of started me out in the whole endurance sports type of theater. And I remember that marathon and finishing it and being like, wow, if I can accomplish this, I felt like I could do anything. And so I kept doing marathons and started doing triathlons in 2003. And it was actually at one of the lowest points in my life when I decided to do an Ironman. (laughs) And um, I had been picked up for drunk driving in 2014. And um, Imagine being in the spotlight, being on TV and having that happen. It was awful. And I was really devastated, really low. Um, 
there were people who were awesome who reached out to me that I hadn't heard from forever who were like, hey, keep your chin up, you know, you'll get through this. And then there were real assholes, to be honest, mm-hmm. yeah. mean. And mm-hmm. um, I was super down on myself. Like, I thought, how am I ever going to overcome this? And this guy that I knew who had been doing Iron Man's kept bugging me, literally like emailing me or messaging me on Facebook and saying, you should really, you should consider doing this Iron Man because a bunch of us from the Y used to work at the Y bunch of us at the Y are going to do this Ironman. And I said to him, listen, I've done an, a, a marathon. I know how I felt after doing that marathon. There is no way I want to bike 112 miles and swim <laughs> two and a half miles and then do a freaking marathon. Okay. And he just kept persisting and persisting. And finally, I I was kind of looking for a way, like, how do I redeem myself? How do I get my self-confidence back? How do I build my self-esteem back up? And I thought, you know what? I might die trying this, (laughs) but the way I feel right now, that might be a blessing. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And it was very kind of spur of the moment. And I started, I just started training with this group. And then about two and a half to three months before the actual Ironman, the Ironman was in August. I thought, I'm not ready. I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to do this. And so then I hired my coach, Matt Zapita with Zoom Performance. And that was so key to have somebody tell you every day, this is what you need to do. And then right before the race to sit down with you and say, okay, you're going to really feel like there are times you want to quit. You're going to feel like absolute shit. And you have to then go in your brain, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Find your why and don't forget it. And there were plenty of times when I wanted to quit that first Ironman. Every Ironman I've done, there's been a point where I've I've wanted to quit. (laughs) So that was kind of how this all came about. I never intended to start doing Ironmans, but it taught me a ton. And has your why remained the same through each race or is it? Does it change? No, it's really changed. I mean, the first Ironman was really entirely for myself, just to prove that I could overcome something that seemed so significant to me. And like I said, get my self-esteem back. And then the second Ironman was really more of like a, did I did I really do that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should do another one just to prove that the first one wasn't. A <laughs> and so then I did Madison. The first one was Boulder. The second one was Madison. Um, and I told my coach for Madison, I said, I want to break I, my first one. I think I did in 13 hours and 20 some minutes and I, or no, it was longer than that. But then I said, I want to break 13 hours. So I reached my goal of breaking 13 hours. And I was really happy with that. And I thought, I'll probably never do another one or it's going to be a long time. And the next year, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, which I had done my very first marathon for because my co-anchor's daughter had leukemia, uh, they came to me and they said, would you be willing to, I guess you apply for a spot at Ironman Kona, the world championships, and then you raise money for Leukemia Lymphoma Society along the way. So the last Ironman was in 2017 at the World Championships in Kona. You did Kona? Yeah, I did. 
<laughs> right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Presence of greatness, yeah. people, right yeah, here. That is greatness. <laughs> I have a funny story about that too. Um, but I did that one. My why during that Iron Man was all about I'm doing this for people who can't, and I'm doing this to raise money for Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And that really brought me full circle to why I started doing endurance. Uh, yeah. Not about you anymore. It's about other people. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But yeah, you had to give yourself that gift in order to be able to give back to others. That's a great way of looking at it. Wow. Uh, Put on your own oxygen mask first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, and that Ironman Kona was, um, it was so hard. There were so many times when I wanted to just say, I'm out, but I knew I couldn't because I'm doing this for other people. And, you know, I wanted to show people that, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And I wanted went to, I think I raised almost a hundred thousand dollars for a leukemia lymphoma Gosh. society through Kona. Um, wow. It was, wow. Real. So Brutal, doing but- something you love can also earn, you know, can some cash for some nonprofits. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you have kept it up. So if anyone wants to see some guns, go to Sonia's social media, like Instagram pages. Cause she'll, she had the video, video of yourself, like lifting huge heavyweights and it just, her arms, she has Michelle Obama arms people and <laughs> you get to see in person how she does it. But I'm just always in awe because I, I look and I think, oh, I wish I could do that. And then I, (laughs) and then I don't. And how do you stay motivated? How do you keep doing this day in, day out? I I think that when you start doing like endurance sports stuff, any or anything that gives you kind of that endorphin rush, the dopamine rush, um, you get addicted to it. You know, you physically and psychologically get addicted to it. So now, you know, if I don't work out for several days in a row, I'm like, uh, you know, I, I can tell not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. Yeah. So um, that's really, but, you know, I don't train like that all the time. Like right now, I'm kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I see you. <laughs> People go see her, go see the gun show on Sonia's Instagram pages. And you will see that she is very much. In fact, your heart, you're so hardcore. It's, you know, and it's different, you know, I think we, we remake ourselves through life and it's different now than it was when I was training, when I was in my thirties, you know, it's, man, you hit your fifties and it does get a lot harder. It is um, a challenge to stay in shape and you just have to work that much harder. But I, I, I just, like I said, I have to do it. I, it's, it drives me nuts if I don't. And if that's an addiction that I have, then that's a good addiction. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and I can also just attest, I just want to tell you that you have re-inspired me because I saw the gym that you work out at and that's the same gym I was working out at pre-COVID and I loved it. And I would go at 5.30 every morning. It was just like clockwork. I did it. I was like obsessed with that place. Um, and I haven't gone. I tried to do virtual or whatever. And I've been considering going back, but kind of not 100%. But seeing you 
I texted one of the coaches this tonight before this call and said, I think I might be ready to come back. So thank you. I mean, that even just seeing you and seeing you in that place that was kind of a home for me was helpful to me. So thank you for putting yourself out there and your, yeah, yeah, your, the guns for real. And the guns. Well, and what I love too, and this is, I, you know, for our listeners, like so much of what we're trying to do with this podcast is to inspire women. It's okay. If you don't look pretty doing this stuff, it's okay. If you don't look cute, it's okay. If you fail, it's okay. If you fart, you know, like it's okay (laughs) to not be the perfect prim and proper woman when you're doing this stuff. And Sonia, you just, you know, like I, you're so beautiful and you can do makeup, but at the same time, you're willing to, you know, you put yourself out there on social media, lifting weights with no makeup on. Um, so I just admire that you are inspiring women to, to let her rip and give it a try. And it's okay if you fail. Well, I want to talk about failure because I have learned way more from my failures. And, you know, when you're in those really dark times and you think to yourself, how am I ever going to climb out of this? It's the climbing out of those holes and those deep, dark moments when you really learn who you are and when you really start to appreciate what other people have been through. Um, You know, no one's life is perfect. It's not rosy all the time, especially you see people like, you know, we were on TV and Everyone thinks we have it made. Well, no, you know, we go through crap in our lives too. And it's those failures that teach you the most. And it's super hard. (laughs) I know, hand to God, that it is super hard during those moments to think, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from this because what you're saying is (laughs) screw this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you will, if you can just, you know, look at the bright spots here and there and rely on friends and family and, you know, dig your way out of it, you'll be stronger and better for it. So it's, it's, it really is true. You should try to embrace your failures and the low points. Yeah. And so speaking of that, I mean, you've had a lot of experience in this last year with growth and, and new beginnings, but, um, and would you, maybe you can just tell, you know, for our listeners who aren't, you know, aware of your story over the last couple of years with your career, can you talk about your transition out of so, TV news? Um, last year, April 3rd, um, I went to work and like I did every other day and uh, the news director said, I need to come talk to you and I'm bringing the human resources person with me. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, he proceeded to tell me, came to my office that we all, we all had separate offices because of COVID and said, um, we're exercising our out for you and your contract. So, um, which meant that when the first year of my contract was up, it was a three-year contract, but when the first year was up, then I was no longer going to be employed. And I mean, it was a total shock to me and I'd always gotten great reviews. My you'd been there for how long? Uh, I've been at WHO for 17 years. And prior to that, I was at WYTV for 10 years. So in the business for almost 30 years. And, um, you know, I was just shocked. And um, 
what really stuck with me was when the news director said, you know, we might have something for you, maybe on the web, something on the web might come up, you know, your investigative journalism might be well suited for the web. And I said, does it pay the same? And he said, well, no, no. And there won't be anything on air, nothing on camera. And I thought, so I'm good enough to work here, but you don't want me on the air on camera. And I immediately thought it's because of the way I look and my age. And um, so I had, I continued to work there those 120 days until the first year of my contract expired. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize that every day I had to go on the air knowing that, oh, it's 73 days until I'm done here. Oh, it's 63 days, 62. And, you know, until the final day that I was on the air. And because I remember too, when he told me this, he said something about 120 days. And I said, you mean I, you want me to keep working here during that time? And he said, yes, yes. And we know you, you'll, you know, we know you'll be professional because, you know, you'll want a good reference and everything. Oh, I was just, I was shocked. Uh, and that just makes me sick. Lord. Me, yeah. I heard, I was sick when I heard that news. Why was the expectation that you would need to continue working? Did they have to have, give you like a year advance warning or something? Yeah. Per my contract, they had to give me 120 days notice, but I thought, I honestly thought that they would, if it ever came to that, they would say, um, you know, just take your things and go home. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was a good business decision, um, to keep somebody on the air who you fired for 120 days, but, um, they wanted me to stay on the air. So I did. Wow. I'm so sorry that that happened to you, Sonia. Um, as someone who just deeply admires you, it, it's such a blow for the state of journalism. I mean, you were, class act award-winning journalist. And as a journalist, it just makes my heart hurt because we need all of the good people in the business that we can get. And what a blow to the institution. Um, but, but sadly not a, an uncommon story. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I left TV was I was my late thirties and you kind of start to see the writing on the wall and you see a lot of terrible stories. And I kind of discarded myself from the industry early because I was afraid that that would be my fate. But, um, well, I'm so proud of you though, because you are now speaking up for, you're taking a stand on it in true Sonia fashion. You are not taking <laughs> this lying down. So tell us about that. Well, I, you're right, Lynn. I mean, this has happened for decades where, um, women are slowly pushed out they're not outright fired. They're just kind of pushed out. They're demoted. And at 53 years old, when I was told that they were not going to allow me to work there anymore, um, I, at 53, was the oldest anchor, female anchor at WHO ever of all time. Oh now, think about that. 53 years old, that's not old. That's, <laughs> and in many ways, I would say that I was just starting to be like, you You gain all this knowledge, mm -hmm. experience as yeah. you work. And um, I felt like I was on top of my game. Yeah. And, uh, but this has been happening to women forever. Where are all the women with wrinkles right. and mm -hmm. on TV? Yep. You see plenty of 
men who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s working. Who are, who are distinguished with yes. their gray hair. With their gray hair. Silver foxes. Yep. But women don't get the same treatment. They don't get the same opportunities. And it doesn't just come down to ageism, but there are, I mean, uh, pay equity. And um, there were lots of things that I learned that men at the station received that women didn't. I just decided, you know, enough is enough and I'm going to take a stand. And so um, I filed, my attorneys filed a lawsuit against Nexstar and um, two of the managers there last month. So that's where that stands. But I, you know, people ask me all the time, what do you want? And, you know, I really, the, what I really want is I want things to change. Mm-hmm. You know, women should not have to put up with this anymore. Yep. It's been how long since Christine Kraft <laughs> filed a lawsuit about this and it mm-hmm. is still going on. And I feel as though ageism is one of the last bastions of discrimination. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we are focusing on uh, racism and all of the other forms of discrimination, but we need to start talking about ageism as well. Mm-hmm particularly in the media industry pertaining to women. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, especially when it literally is in your face. Like it is very clear. Like you can look at any type of news organization and you can just see it. It's like, it's in sports. It's in, you know, commentary. It's in, you know, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's not just in one sector or one industry. It's everywhere. It's just yeah. common. Yeah. So I hope this makes a difference and I hope that, I can inspire you, you know, this is about inspiring women. I hope I inspire other women to take a stand too. I've received uh, emails and messages on Facebook from people who say the same thing happened to me. Well, you know what? It's time we start talking. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I and I, and you are such a strong presence and I'm just so proud is not the right word. Um, I maybe grateful. I'm grateful to you for having the guts to speak out because it takes, it's hard. It's hard to use your voice. Um, and I'm just grateful to you on behalf of, of my daughter. I have a 10 year old daughter who is going to be, you know, you're, you're blazing a trail for her in doing this, regardless of what industry she decides to work in. Um, so thank you. And especially, and on behalf of female journalists, you know, we need like journalists. We we need them, women and men. And if this is this will help, make sure that we have quality journalists out there holding the accountable account. You know, holding the the powerful accountable and giving a voice to the voiceless. And it's just it's it's so meaningful what you're doing. And I know it's I know it's hard, but. Sonia doesn't do easy. Like you, you are always <laughs> ready to just face the fire. And, um, it's one of the reasons I, one of the many reasons I just adore you. That's the other thing too. It's, uh, I've often said you have to take risks in life because you, you probably won't realize your full potential unless you take a few risks along the way. And no, this was not an easy decision to make. And, um, it still scares me, but you know, if nothing else, even in the last month since the lawsuit was filed, I hope that some people have thought twice about uh, discrimination and ageism and 
um, the best, the most heartwarming messages that I've received, honestly, are like what you just said, Lynn, like, I, I want to thank you on behalf of my daughter, my niece, my granddaughter and their children to come because hopefully that's, this starts to really make some impact. And I would say even beyond women, um, I think men getting to see this and even young boys too, to be able to see that women of any age can do anything. And you're showing us that daily and you're showing us in this lawsuit as well. So I would thank you for that as well. I have two sons and I am constantly trying to bring to light all of these women who are doing things that are actually even more spectacular because they've not been seen before doing these things. So um, thank you for that. Well, and think about this too, when a woman in her say fifties gets laid off, it's not just about women. Those women have more than likely a spouse and sons, maybe grandsons, nephews. It's really an economic issue because a woman in her fifties or, you know, at any point in life really being laid off, it affects a whole bunch of people. It's not just the woman who's affected. It's the entire family economically and emotionally. So yeah, it is, it is important for men to see this as well. Yeah. So, okay. So enough about the past. <laughs> I want to talk about what are you doing now? Everybody's dying to know what is Sonia Heights Susan up to now and what's next? Like what else, you know, like, in, I mean, I see you have an Airstream. I see you're biking hundreds of miles on your trips throughout the country, but so yeah, what are you doing now and what's next? So I was really fortunate last November. Uh, I got a phone call about a job opening at the auditor of state's office. Um, and it was for the public information officer uh, position. But there's also the element of investigating that goes along with it. So I got that job and I love it. Um, what a perfect fit. Work with the media, but I also get, get to do investigative work on investigations with all of the uh, other auditors and fraud examiners. So that's like been such a blessing. I love the people I work with. They're phenomenal. Um, so that's what I'm doing professionally. Um, personally, um, thinking about starting my own business again. And um, what kind details, please? <laughs> I'm not really sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. No, you I think that's a great, uh, that's a great answer though. It's like, because we don't always have to have the answers. It's like, there's something bubbling inside you and something uh -huh. calling to you and you don't know yet, but it's there It's and it's going to happen. Yeah, it'll, it'll have something to do with fitness, I believe, and um, just kind of adventure and um, empowerment. Just like, you know, I, I want to, the greatest thing about doing Ironmans was not what it did for me personally. It was when I would get messages from people and say, you motivated me to fill in the blank. And I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world is to know that, I impacted somebody else. So that's, it's going to be something along those lines, but you know, who, I don't know. I usually wing it. And then. <laughs> I love that you said that too, because that's also a reason why we have this podcast as well, is we're trying to inspire 
even just like the most average, you know, somebody that just thinks they're average and then they just go out and do something and what the and trickle effect of that is like yes. with your family, your children, your neighbor, like just somebody and even seeing you. And you can be in your forties, fifties, sixties and do yes. this. You don't have to, it's not too late. It's never too late to right. start. start. Yes. I mean, one of the things too, um, that I think motivates me. Well, I lost my sister when she was 16. I was eight years old. And so death has always been um, kind of prominent. I, I don't know if prominence right the word, the right word, but I've always thought to myself, I don't ever want to be on my deathbed and say, I wish I would have. I don't want to yeah. have regrets. I want to be able to think back on all the cool things, all the great experiences I had rather than, oh, I should have done this, you know? Mm -hmm. get out there and do it. You're right. It's never too late. It, and, and I don't care if it's like, it doesn't have to be doing an Ironman. It can be, I'm going to look for a new job. I am going to quit my job. I am going to paint the bedroom a different color. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anything. Yes. And sometimes, like you said, that little, the first step then leads to 10 more steps and before you know it, you're, you're doing something completely different that you love and motivates other people maybe. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to take a really quick break, even though I don't want to, but we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Sonia Heights, Susan top Sonia Heights, Susan's <laughs> top tip. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. Welcome back. So Sonia, we have established that you like to put yourself through hell and do crazy long endurance races, all kinds of stuff for fun. So if our listeners want to, to try to follow in your footsteps and do these things, what is your top tip for them? Okay. Um, broadly, I would say believe in yourself and love yourself. Um, I think most of us kind of feel like we're oftentimes we feel inadequate, unworthy, like failures. And that's not true. Um, you are perfect just the way you are. So believe it and believe in yourself um, and love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be able to love anyone else fully. Um, and then specifically, I guess I would say just do one thing in the morning that will set you on your path where you want to be. Some people call it make the bed, which is kind of means, you know, just, just start off doing one thing in the morning that puts you on the right trajectory, puts your day in motion. And for some people that's working out for other people, that's meditation for someone else. That's just, you know, 
giving their dog a hug, whatever, <laughs> something that you do to begin the day in a good place and then to move forward towards your goals. Beautiful. It's beautiful. God, I love you, Sonia. Oh, I miss you. I wish I could reach through the screen and just give I you know. a hug. This <laughs> no, is killing me. <laughs> and Jody, it was so nice to meet you. We could have oh. a good weekend up in Minnesota. Yes, please. Yes. Next time you're up here, we'll I'll, I'll watch I'll watch you do your race from the sidelines with a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Well, Sonia, thank you so much. And Jody is going to take us out with some inspo. Inspo. Um, Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. Sonia. Oh my gosh. I will be carrying this with me all week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As we wrap up this episode, I want to just stop. And I think this is poignant at this moment because it really makes sense with um, what Sonia has shared with us. Um, This is a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a Buddhist monk. And it is, we have more possibilities available in each moment than we realize. So think Mm. about that. And don't forget to have fun out there. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at we do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We don't judge. Been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening. <laughs>